The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Hall of Fame Bets is the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off in your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. SGPN app is completely free to download and home to all your favorite SGPN podcast contests and picks. Just type in SGPN in your app store today and download America's number one DGEN app. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Know me, know the voice, know the guy. It's me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. <laughs> and they gave us a doozy this week. Oh, we have a doozy for the games this week. Scott Studio Raisha with me to break down the evening slate of games here on the East Coast in the NFL on Sunday. Scott Studio Raisha, Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. Surprise. Yeah, doing pretty well. Can't complain. Only four games in this slate, but... Pretty good games in general, so looking forward to breaking them down. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to waste any time because we have one of my favorite, all-time favorite matches to play against. The San Francisco 49ers on the road, traveling to play the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. San Francisco opened up minus seven. They are all the way up to minus 12 and a half. 47 and a half is total here. Well, 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 Scott. We have another situation where we have Kyle Shanahan laying double digits. This did they this cover is... last week? Like I, I don't no. know how to grade last week. No, they didn't cover. Because they covered initially, but then Drew Locke was ruled the starter, and the line went up like two points. So it kind of depends and on they, how you're grading. No, it, they but... didn't cover. No, they didn't yeah, cover they didn't, because they didn't cover yeah. the closing one. So no, yeah, the list, the initial line doesn't matter because we know injuries will change a line. So yep. the line finished 15. They did not cover 15. And if you look at their past five games, they have if you look at San Francisco's past five games, they did not cover 15. They covered three against the Eagles. They cover seven against the Seattle Seahawks. They do not cover 13 and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they cover three against the Jags. It's very simple. They're not. They're not built. Shanahan doesn't care enough to build to cover this. He doesn't care enough. Cardinals are also off a bye, so they had extra prep time for the game. Their season's basically over anyway, but they're playing for pride at this point. The the Cardinals. Do you think that the Niners are already going to be looking ahead to future games, or do you think that they just have the division potentially wrapped up with a bow, but they can end it? So, what do you think? Do you think they actually care? Do you think that the Cardinals are just able to hang around, probably lose, but by ten? Give or take. Uh, 
I mean, I know for a fact that they're not they're not losing by this number. <laughs> I know it's not going to be this number. Like I know, I know that for you just sit here and look at the numbers of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, when he's a rude favorite of seven or more, he is two and seven against the spread. It gets even worse when we talk about double digits. He hasn't covered a double digit spread this season. Only time he's covered over the road on the road this season, laying more than a touchdown, was when he played Seattle on Thanksgiving, and we both were on the right side of that one. But I mean, there's literally no situation ever that I ever feel comfortable laying this many points with Kyle Shanahan, seeing how his team is very dominant. They're clearly the best team on the field, but they never get up for numbers like this. They never get up for spreads like this. They rarely ever cover it. It You look at the Arizona Cardinals, and I mean, pride is literally the only thing on the line here. And you got to figure out, okay, what's the future of this team? Is Kyler Murray the future of this team? Kyler Murray's come back, and I think, they won that game against Pittsburgh, and that's it. So it's like, is Kyler Murray the future of the team? Are you trying to go a different direction? Is Jonathan Gannon going to carry you? Are you going to go a different direction at coach as well? Like, what all are you going to do if you're the Arizona Cardinals? You got to kind of figure that stuff out. And I get, and you're playing a division rival. You get up for this game. I feel like if they tank any other game, it would be anything else but this game. You have any thoughts on the total? Mm, 47 and a half. Uh I kind of like the over if Arizona if Arizona is able to get this done, and that's just the fact of uh, Kyler Murray making big plays. We've seen if you looked at the last time out when they played this Arizona team, Hollywood Brown and what's the, my other guy's name again? Uh, Wilson. Dang. Yeah, was it Michael Wilson? Yeah, I haven't really heard yeah. much from him recently, but but both of them had really big games, and Josh Dobbs was that quarterback. The only so, concern I have with the Cardinals, though, is that Hollywood Brown's been questionable all week. He hasn't really practiced at all, so I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. So keep an eye out for Hollywood Brown. Assuming uh -huh. he plays, you are getting a division rival off a bye, getting double digits at home. It's a lot of points. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy in a cap here. We just, it looks ugly and it looks disgusting. You probably look at the Arizona Cardinals at 313 and say, I don't want to take them. You take the Cardinals here. I do like the under in the game, though. I think the Niners' defense is going to be able to keep Kyler somewhat in check. But I do think Arizona's defense might have a decent game plan in store. We'll see what happens. But I do think this total's a bit high for me. I'm going to lean to the under in the spot. Hmm. Okay. All right. And uh, that, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's all right. Well, I like the over, but uh, I get what you're saying there. Okay. Let's see here. Any player props? Anything kind of stick out player prop wise? Uh, for me, I mean, everybody's been talking a lot about Brock Purdy recently, <laughs> and I know he hears it. I know he hears it. Cam went out, and Cam, like, granted, do I? I don't think I 100 percent agree with the verbiage that Cam said, but I get what Cam was saying. Like, Brock Purdy's not that guy that you're going to put the game on his shoulders and he's going to go out there and win your game, but. It's not like he's doing nothing. Like he's not turning the ball over. Like he's playing good. He's completing the ball. He's not turning the ball over. He's getting, he's doing literally everything asked of him. But is he like Cam where Cam had to literally go out there and put the team on his back and go win the game? No. So we're not going to put him in that category. My question for you is, is Brock Purdy a viable MVP candidate? I don't think he should be. I acknowledge he's had a very good year. I don't think he's even the best MVP candidate on his own team. If you're asking me who <laughs> I think is more valuable to his own team, I'm taking McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey mm -hmm. has been a dominant player. He's the best player at his position. And I do think even though Purdy has had a very good year, don't get me wrong, 
And yes, he does occasionally hit big plays down the field. A lot of it's yards after catch. And we've Uh seen it the last couple of weeks, whether it involved Kittle, Debo has been the main reason for that. But I do think Purdy has had a great year. I think he's an MVP candidate because of him being Mr. Irrelevant and because of the story behind it, where they kind of want to just give it to him because of the just improbability of him even being Mm -hmm. this good at this point. But do I think he should be MVP over Dak or even Tyree Kill or McCaffrey or Lamar? Lamar, maybe, because Lamar's stats aren't that great. He should be behind Dak and and Hurts at the quarterback position, as far as I'm concerned. You? I actually have a switch. I think he should be behind Lamar and not Hurts. I don't think Lamar's numbers are good enough. Hurts isn't Hurts really isn't impressive to me. Like he really has had an impressive season to me. You can argue that Hurts way too many turnovers. Because Lamar hasn't been impressive, but his stats aren't that great because they run the ball with Gus Edwards every time on the goal line. Where the Eagles are the opposite. Where Hurts' numbers are good because he gets the rushing touchdown at the goal line every time. So you can argue that him and Lamar are kind of the opposite when it comes to stats. Where Hurts' stats suggest he might be better than he actually is, and Lamar's stats suggest that he's worse than he actually is. But if you watch the games, you know Lamar is still a very solid player. And Jalen Hurts is, I don't want to say stat padding, but a lot of the touchdowns he has are because of the unstoppable push-push. Right? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, he's like top three in the league in turnovers or something like that. In interceptions. He's like top five in the league in interceptions. He has, he, has like 10, he has like 10 interceptions on the year. Yeah. It's uh, Josh Allen that is leading the league. Josh Allen and I believe Sam Howell both tied for the league in interceptions. Yeah, uh, just to go ahead and what I was getting at is I'm taking Brock Purdy over 250 and 251 and a half passing yards. I, I think that this is, like I said, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a high scoring game. I think that the yards after the catch is really the big reason of why I'm just backing Brock Purdy. It's not really him, but it's the fact that he consistently gets the ball to his playmakers. And I think that's something he's going to have to do in this game because they're going to be in a dogfight. So giving Brock Purdy over 251 and a half, I think 270, 275 is a little bit closer to where he's at. Not exactly 300, but almost there. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to Debo in this one. Uh, Debo, when healthy, we know how great he can be. The problem is the words when healthy because he's injured all the time. But when he's on the field, he's great. And we've seen him dominate the last two games in particular. Eagles couldn't catch him at all. Last week, we saw the same thing. I was wondering if I should focus more on Debo or Ayuk. But I do think that Debo can give you a little bit more opportunity to generate the massive, massive play. Because he can also take the short pass and go to the crib. While Ayuk is mostly a deep route receiver. So I'm going to go with Debo to have a massive game. I think he might break 100, maybe a touchdown in the spot. But I am going to go with Debo to have a pretty big game. Federal Fantasy has multiple ways you can play alongside your favorite fantasy players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. Simply just pick higher or lower your fantasy players' fantasy stats, and you can cash in. I just told you Brock Purdy fit over 51 and a half passing yards higher 51 and a half passing yards you can get that on underdog higher 51 and a half passing yards for brock purdy in this game debo samuel you can get that as well underdog fantasy we have a debo samuel higher where is my boy debo at higher 58 and a half receiving yards like you have these options make sure you do it brandon Ayuk, his touchdown is spicy at 1.25 x be able to get a little bit of a multiplier there if you like Brandon Ayuk and not Debo Samuel. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. 
All right, that one I think is going to be a fun one. This one, I'm not necessarily certain. I'm interested to hear what you say because you are an enthusiast for teams coming off of a bye. And we got a team coming off a bye. But it's the Washington Commanders on the road going to play the Los Angeles Rams. Interested to see how many Commanders fans make the trip to this game. The Rams are laying six and a half in this game. 50 and a half is the total. Is this Rams team? Like, I, okay, I get the commanders are bad. I get they're a horrible organization. It looks really, really bad. All this bad things going on in Washington right now. We talk about ownership and change of ownership and new ownership, not really knowing what they're doing, and Ron Rivera, and he needs to be fired, and then the enemy, and some people just hate the enemy for no reason. Sam Howell's up and down. His team's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. The defense isn't that good. They did a fire sale. All of these things going bad for the commanders. But are the Los Angeles Rams good enough to like legitly be laying six and a half here? I don't think the Rams are the most talented team in the world all around, but I can't ignore the results. They've been good lately. And even the loss last week, going to overtime against Baltimore and losing via punt return in overtime is not a bad loss. In fact, you can argue it's a good loss because they went into a hostile environment and kind of proved they might be more for real than I thought they were going to be. Do I think mm-hmm. that they're a great team? No, I didn't say that. But I do think they're good enough to maybe sneak into a wild card spot. I understand the Rams will be a popular pick, and I know that I tend to back teams off the bye. But I don't know if the bye matters when I don't think anybody on the roster respects the coach anymore. I think Rivera's lost the locker room. I think he did a couple of months ago. I don't see that changing. They fired the D coordinator. Did that change anything? Not really. So I don't really see anything changing here. I'm going to fade the commanders because I don't trust this team. And even though Stafford, we know, can be turnover prone, this commander's pass defense is atrocious. Now you have to deal with Nakua and Cup, not an ideal matchup for the commanders. And we said before, Hal throws to interceptions all the time. So I do expect the Rams to win the turnover battle. I think the Rams defense is better than this commander's team. I'm going to take the Rams minus six and a half. I know that it might be a popular play, but I told myself I will not back Ron Rivera as long as he's still the head coach, I think the team's quit on him. So I'm going to go with the Rams. Hmm. Do you think the team's quit on Rivera? Yeah. But just because team quit don't mean it. I mean, I've seen teams quit and win games. Like, you know. uh, I guess we just trust Sean McVay, man. I think that's that's really it. I trust him more than Rivera. Let's see here. Trying to do some math here real quick. Uh, Okay, there it goes. So we have, mm, that's respectable. Nothing big. Sean McVay laying over a touchdown, 18-14-1, Sis Rams. It's really, it's really nothing against Ron. Like, it's really not Ron Rivera. It's more of Eric Piedemi. And the fact of when this offense is clicking, they can score with anybody. And we've seen that over the course of the season. Now, the hard part is, is that it's not too many times you get that. Look at the last three games. 15 against Miami, 10 against Dallas, 19 against the Giants. Then you have that random 26. I mean, it it was 29, 26, but it felt like it was so much more offense and points scored than the score allowed in that Seattle game. You have multiple games all season where you sit here and you look at them where, I mean, this team gets up They're They're what? Five and three and one as a dog this season, five and two on the road. Like this seems like that ugly spot 
and it's pretty much similar to that Seattle game, honestly. That ugly spot where this commander's team just finds a way to cover the game. I, <sighs> I'm not saying the Rams are going to blow them out entirely, but I think they win by at least a touchdown. At least I, I just don't trust the commanders to play good enough defense and to win the turnover battle. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. This is a system play, by the way, just so you know. I'm not dismissing the commander's offense with the enemy. No, no, like no. I'm saying I'm just letting no, I was just letting you know. If you didn't know, like the system, this is I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at who's on the Rams in this game, and it is a system play. I'll back you with the Rams. I don't like it. And I, I think it's a decent possibility that Washington shows up randomly for this game because this is a lot of points for this Rams team, but I mean, I'll, I'll roll with it. I, I guess Washington really sucks, and I, I really do believe the team has quit on them. I just – I don't think just because the team quit on Ron Rivera means they the offense quit on Eric Bieniemy, and that's what I'm afraid of. That's fair. I like the over in the game anyway. I just have – I have such little faith in the commander to get stops defensively. That's kind of my point. Yeah. I'll take the six and a half. I'll lay the six and a half. I'll lay the six and a half. But I, I, don't, I don't like it. I really, I'm not betting this. I like the over though. I love the over. I think that there's going to be points because I think the offense is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde in this offense, and they just get up. Sam Howell, you'll see him get sat like ten times in a game, then have three turnovers, and then look up, and he's got 350 passing yards and three touchdowns. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the over is the best play in the game. Over 50 and a half by far. All right. I mean, have fun with your with your SGP in this game. Have fun with your your SG your touchdown SGP in this game for sure. Before we talk about the next game, and the next two are doozies. Like, really, it's just that one that that was really lackadaisical. The other one, the other game's pretty pretty good on the slate. But before we talk about that, we're going to talk about Hall of Fame bets because Hall of Fame bets has this parlay optimizer tool where, man, you know what? I I got cute. I used the parlay optimizer tool. It gave me a great parlay. I went, I put the parlay in, and then I added an extra leg on my own. And what happened? Extra leg didn't hit. So, 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 so hurt about that. I should have just stuck to the plan. Parlay optimizer tool, Hall of Fame bets, data, green, 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 and I can cash, but I got a little too cute. Not doing it again. Use that promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Again, promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. All right. The Dallas Cowboys traveling on the road after defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't think there's, I still don't even think they're first place in the NFC. However, they're traveling on the road in a non conference road spot to go play the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills open up as a four point favorite, it looks like. They are down to two. 50 and a half is total here. What are your I thoughts like on I know the what Buffalo you're doing? win? Just to on ask. Buffalo's are you impressed win? that they beat the Chiefs because I, mean, I know you like the Chiefs in that game. Season. I know, I but it was also pretty fortunate they won the game, if we're being honest. Yeah. yeah. So, were you impressed? But I don't think it's like, I don't think it's fortunate. I don't think it's fortunate like they played bad. They didn't play bad. It wasn't fortunate they played bad. It was just fortunate that the call went their way. And, you know, the result of that play was the fact that there was a touchdown on the board. So, I mean, yeah, they're fortunate to win the game. But even if they lost the game, I probably would have came up here and said they played good because they did. And it took a crazy uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey play to score the touchdown and win the game. So I was impressed with what they did. Okay. Were you impressed with what Dallas did last week? Mm, yeah, because I didn't think it was going to be a 20-point win. 
So, yeah, I guess I'm impressed with what Dallas did. But this just is three straight home games for Dallas. Now you're going on the road, non-conference road spot, up in Bolt- in Buffalo, cold weather, big game. It, it just feels like this. And you just beat the Eagles. Like, it feels like this is it feels like this is the sleepy spot Dallas loses. And you're going and you're going to Miami. I know you're looking forward to Christmas in, in Florida. Know you're looking ahead to that. But this Buffalo team, I think that the pass rush has, has been playing decent enough where they can be able to get Dak Prescott, force Dak Prescott off his spot and not to be as comfortable in the pocket. That's where Dak has really been really, really good this year is because he's been really, really comfortable in the pocket, been able to make really smart reads. And I'll give Dak that much. Like he looks very, very good in the pocket. But I think Buffalo can create some havoc here and be able to, to get Dak off his spot, get him on the move, get him uncomfortable, put him in tougher situations to try to move the ball on offense. And then honestly, truly, I just got to trust, just hope Josh Allen doesn't give them the game by throwing three turnovers. He could throw one pick and they can win. He can't throw two, three and they win. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo as well in this spot. I think it's a pretty rough scheduling spot for Dallas. I don't want to say you had your Super Bowl, but you had close to it because you won a must-win game against Philly. Now you're traveling on the road. Should be about 36 degrees in Buffalo. And Uh you're a dome team traveling to the East Coast in the middle of December, which tends to not be a great spot for those teams. Cowboys are also 10-3 and this season but they are three and three on the road straight up. Mm-hmm. So not exactly a good road team. We saw them lose to the Cardinals, for example, on the road earlier this season. Buffalo, though, is seven and six. They are five and two at home. Should be six and one, but they too many men on the field for that missed field goal by Denver. So they have mm-hmm. been a good home team. It was a nice win they needed against Kansas City. They were fortunate to get the job done in the end, but that doesn't matter. It's football. You're going to need some breaks that go your way and go against you. But I like Buffalo in the spot. I think it is pretty telling that the 10 and three team is a dog to a seven and six team. I'm going to go with the seven and six team here. Give me the minus two. Yeah. Right. 50 and a half. Mm. I, I kind of like the under, but like, I don't feel great about the total in this game. Give me Buffalo team total over. Okay. I don't think this Dallas defense is ready. I think Dak's going to struggle on the road in the cold. So I think this offense hmm. might seem a little bit flat early on. Hmm. Or is the Dallas team total is- under? I was going to say, Buffalo can generate big plays, but we know Allen can make mistakes. And the Cowboys' defense does give up some big plays. Even the Eagles game last week, the Eagles moved the ball well. They just kept turning it over in plus territory. So Mm -hmm. I think Buffalo moved it pretty well. I have questions about Dallas in the cold, especially outdoors. So I don't mind the Cowboys' team total under in this game. Mm. And Buffalo can generate a lot of pressure just sending four, which is important. It's probably a big Gabe Davis game. It's either him or Diggs, or both. So I'm both, yeah. But you know, I think I could I could get behind Gabe Davis having a big game in this one. This feels like a random, like that random hundred yard touchdown, hundred yard two to, close to hundred yard two touchdown. I mean, really, that's I mean, really, that's really all he's done this season. He's had a bunch of random close to hundred, if not hundred yard games and a touchdown. Like that's really all he's done this season, or he's done nothing at all. So. Yeah, let's just go ahead and say it's a random Gabe Davis game. I like that. Because Dallas does give up big plays. Last game on the slate. Sunday night football. Baltimore Ravens going into Jacksonville. Laying three. 42 and a half is total. You know Lamar's my guy. 
I understand Lamar is my guy. I understand. I've probably been, I think I've been ranking this Ravens team the highest of our NFL rankings for literally the entire season. I don't think they've fallen. If they've fallen outside of my top five, I think it was like for a week, maybe two weeks. And then they've been in the top five all year. And I'm pretty sure everybody else has them closer to seven, eight. I know Cam Kerr, uh, unbiased Steelers fan, said that this Baltimore team is nowhere close to uh, being good at all whatsoever. So, but I don't know. It's something about Doug P. Scott. When I tell you every situation that I bet a game like this, where it's a good team going in Jacksonville, laying a small number. That I'm like, this team, they're giving Jacksonville too much respect. They're not good enough to play with this team. I always lose. I always lose. I fade the Jags and I continue to lose. There's one time that I faded the Jags in a spot like that and it worked. And that's earlier this season when Kansas City came to town and they almost lost that one. I think I'm taking the Jags plus three here. I think I'm going to take the Ravens, but I don't feel great about it. I will give Lawrence props. He looked better than I thought he ever would look right after the injury against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He looked fine last week for the most part. Wasn't 100%, but he looked better than I thought he was going to. But he lost the it Ravens, wasn't his yeah, yeah, that's true. But Jacksonville eventually lost the game. Happens. Cleveland's a tough place to play. The concern that I have is that Joe Flacco and every decent quarterback has torched this pass defense all season long. And Zay Flowers has been good lately. Odell's been really good lately. There's a lot mm-hmm. of weapons that the Ravens can thrive with, even with Mark Andrews being out. Uh, likely he's done a good job. He had the freest touchdown imaginable last week against the Rams. But I do like the <laughs> overall receiving core for the for the Ravens in this spot. A lot of shifty receivers that can give these corners problems. Lamar's trying to, I don't want to say get back into the MVP race, but I feel like people are starting to forget about him. And he might want to uh-huh. put his name uh, back in the full running like we saw last week against the Rams. Do I yeah. think the Ravens are a great, great team? In most years, probably not. This year, maybe, because this year is a lot more open than we've seen in years past. The Jaguars, I don't know how good this team actually is because offensively, this team has weapons, but Kirk's mm-hmm. now injured. Lawrence has been playing through an injury for a week or so. That's not going to get better anytime soon. It looks pretty rough, and they can't stop the pass. Plus, Jacksonville this season, despite it being a tough place to play, the Jaguars are three and four straight up at home. They've really not mm-hmm. been a good home team all season long. I do think the Ravens, who have been pretty solid on the road, have enough firepower to get it done. The defense should be motivated to get back on track after not looking that sharp against Stafford last week. But I do think the Jaguars are a team that is fine, but I don't think that they are the same level as the Ravens. Even if I think the Ravens might be a little bit overrated, give me the better Mm -hmm. team against a really bad pass defense of minus three and a half. All right, you saw me back on Ravens. I, I just feel like, oh my gosh, I if, if I lose another spot. Like, I think there's a tier system with these teams. Baltimore's in the top tier, and Jacksonville's in the, maybe they'll win a playoff round tier. I think my issue is that the past two weeks against the, well, is it two weeks? I guess it's a little bit more than two weeks, whatever. But the past two games against the LA teams, it's looked like Baltimore should probably have lost the game. And they found ways to win. And I mean, credit to them. They continue to find ways to win. I think the concern I have with Cleveland, though, is that gave up 600-plus passing yards to Flacco and Jake Browning. And now you face Lamar. Yeah, Jacksonville. Um, that pass defense is abysmal. Lamar really – the really the thing is, Lamar really needs this game for the MVP push, man. I think he might put up a massive stat line. It wouldn't shock me, especially since Jacksonville once again. I don't want to say he can abandon the run against, but 
why would you not just want to throw it all over the parking lot against this team? Once again, like, Browning he... went for 350. Flacco went for like 310. He was on the couch two weeks ago. It just feels like it's a great spot for Lamar to kind of put the team on his back and they'll win the game and score a decent amount of points. My only fear is that of the three games Baltimore has left, Jacksonville, at Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home to Miami. Of those three games, this is the least important. You can argue that whole division, though, is an absolute crapshoot, so every game's kind of important until they clinch the division. The one seed's yeah. also up for grabs, too, because the Chiefs have been underachieving, and they're in the driver's seat. But if you would look past any of these teams, you're looking past Jacksonville before you look past San Francisco, before you look past Miami. Yeah. Like, that's, my only, that's my only fear, because I think if Lamar can run this table, he's MVP. If he runs this table right here, he's MVP by far. I think it depends how Dak and the Cowboys do. We think they're going to struggle a bit down the stretch. I don't know, man. If, if Lamar, how, how do you make Dak MVP and Lamar goes in here into San Francisco and gets a win? I think because you're factoring in the wins and losses, and I don't think that matters because Dak, Lamar's numbers are just worse than Dak's. I think by season's end, the Ravens didn't do a good enough job of padding Lamar's numbers. I know that that's not what the MVP should be focused on. It should be focused on winning. But in reality, everyone compares stats. You line them up, and Lamar's stats this but year. But you can't not compare great. Lamar's stats to other quarterbacks because Lamar is not other quarterbacks. Like we already know that Lamar is going to get like his passing numbers are not going to be the same as Dak's. Yeah, They're his not. rushing numbers are worse than Jalen Hurts. That's my point. It's because the Ravens don't pad his numbers, which I think is going to come back to bite them. It won't because they're winning games, but for the MVP award, I think it matters. Plus, I'm already won one. I think that's going to work against him in this spot. They might try to give it to a new guy. I understand your argument. If Lamar balls out, they don't just win because winning is one thing. If they win and Lamar has three straight master classes, then maybe he'll win the award. But I do think if the Cowboys don't fully implode and if the Niners don't fully implode, I don't see Lamar winning the award for the second time. Jalen Hurts has 460 rushing yards this season. Lamar has 644. Yeah, but what's the rushing touchdowns? Lamar It's extremely has... padded for Jalen Hurts, but it's not even close. Well, yeah, but you know Jalen we, – we understand why Jalen Hurts' rushing touchdowns are That's padded, my point. Jalen Hurts has 12 rushing touchdowns this season, and Lamar has five. My point is you're adding context to the stats, and a lot of people aren't going to focus on the context. They're just going to focus on the stats. So I think that's yeah, I'm saying Lamar. I'm saying if Lamar is a three thousand yard passer, which he is, and he's a close to a thousand yard rusher, does three thousand passing he... mean anything anymore? Now that you have an extra yeah. game, and people go over five thousand. I don't know if three thousand. Yeah, because he's at three thousand now, and he's got three games left, so he's gonna be damn four thousand. I think four thousand's big. Three thousand, I don't know. Thirty five hundred. He's at, he's he's got three games left. Yeah. <laughs> So he's I'm at saying by season end, if he has four thousand and they win out and some things happen, number one seed in the in the AFC, then maybe he's two hundred yards behind. He's two hundred passing yards behind Jalen Hurts. Okay, I don't know. I, I think I think that I think he had, he gets. I'm not he eliminating him entirely, but I'm saying right now he's probably fourth or fifth on most people's ballots. In my opinion, I think, I think he's above Jalen Hurts. I think most people would disagree. I think he's been his, but it's. The interceptions, Jalen Hurts has 10 interceptions on the season. I can read off everybody that has double-digit interceptions this season. Josh Allen and Sam Howe at 14. Matt Jones at 12. Patrick Mahomes at 11. Jordan Love at 11. Josh Dobbs at 10. Jared Goff at 10. Hurts at 10. Two at 10. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at 10. 
I get what you're saying. I'm just saying I think most I, people I, would put Hurts ahead of Lamar Jackson if you gave them a, a vote right now. I, I think that they might have did that before Jalen Hurts lost these two games in a row. I think he's fallen. Okay. I think he's fallen too. I think he used to be top two, three. I think now he's closer to four or five. So we'll see. I think they flip. I think they flip. Oh. And wins matter. I mean, at the end of the day, wins do matter. I'm picking Lamar to have a monster game in this. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, yo, he he puts up 300 yards passing here, and then he has solid day. Like he's his numbers are going to be comparable by the end of the season to everybody else. And for the updated AFC standings, by the way, they're one up on Miami, two up on Kansas City. Yeah. So these games, yeah, I'm with you. All right, I'll go with the Ravens. I'm going to lean to the over in this game. The Ravens defense, they got torched by Stafford last week. I'm going to pause a little bit on how dominant this defense is. I know Jacksonville can't stop anybody through the air. I'm on the over. I think this total's too low. Mm. I mean, they give up 34 to Jake Browning. 31 regulation, but still. You're telling me the Ravens can't get to 28? Can't get to 30 in this game? I think they can. I'm on the over. You have any thoughts on the total? It's Sunday night football, man. I'm just going to keep yeah, going. I'm, doing, it I'm not getting, like such a I'm not getting cute. Yeah, I get it. I, I, it does, but I'm just not going to get cute. I'm just keep doing my system play and just beat up units at the end of the year. Okay, that's fine. All right. Lock, dog, underdog. For my lock. Give me Arizona plus 12. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan nerfs up these spreads. He nerfs up these spreads. He doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care, and Arizona's going to get up for this game. I'll take Arizona plus 12 for my dog. Oh, I guess I really don't have a dog, so I got to find a player prop. Um, Do you want to go Lamar 300? Lamar, like, 275? Some alt passing yards on Lamar? I don't know if I want the alt passing yards or if I want something else. Hmm. Hmm. Matter of fact, let's just go. I'm going to go for a touchdown score. As I look up the price on them, and I talked about it earlier, I feel like I'm just shooting my shot because I think that it's going to be a, it's a chance for a lot of points. Very high total in that Buffalo game, 50 and a half. And Dallas does give up big plays, and Gabe Davis is Mr. I'm either going to get a big play or I'm not going to be here at all. So, you know what? In a 50-50 chance, in a game with a high total, and a team that gives up big plays, I'll take Gabe Davis at plus 170 to score a touchdown. All right. Uh, so I think I am going to go with the alt passing yards, but I do want to quickly see if I can find a better price. Uh, for my lock on the show, I think I'm just going to go back to the over in the Commanders and the Rams game. I just see points, simply put. Mm -hmm. The Rams' defense, I'm really not impressed with. I know that they've been finding ways to get by, but if you watch this unit play, it's really not great, and I do think that Hal and the commander's offense is good enough post-buy to generate maybe 20-plus points in this game. The Rams might score 34. Maybe they'll score 40. We'll see what happens. But this offense had 31 points against the Ravens' defense, which is very impressive. But Cup's healthy. Nakua's healthy. Stafford's healthy, which is a big deal. Tyron mm -hmm. Williams is healthy. They have a very solid overall balance offensively. And the mm -hmm. commander's defense is atrocious. So for me, I'm going to go with the over 50 and a half as my lock on the show. For mm -hmm. my dog, I am going to go back to the passing yards in this Ravens and Jaguars matchup. I feel like I have to 
Once again, if you're going to give up 300-plus passing yards to Flacco and Jake Browning in back-to-back weeks, I'm going to have to take a stand with Lamar's passing yards because this number is low as hell. The number is around 215, which is insanely low. And I do think that Lamar can find openings against this pass defense. So for me, I'm going to go with Lamar, alt passing yards. I see 250 at plus 205. I'll take that. I think Lamar might break 300. But 250 against a pass defense that's this bad, that's good enough for me for value. Give me Lamar passing yards. All right. I like it. I like it. So let's see here. What do we want to do for this lineup? Lamar passing yards, book it. We can I I we could put Debo in there too. We What's put the Debo. ones on Debo? Let's see. I gotta imagine it's gonna be somewhere in the maybe 70s. Oh yeah, for sure. Hold on. Uh my app froze. I'm assuming oh, it's telling me. Oh, it's telling me to update. Okay, it's 58 and a half. 58 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over on that. All right, so we got Debo, 58 and a half. We got Lamar passing yards. And do you want Hal passing yards for the jokes? Because either they get killed or they're competitive, but they have to throw the ball. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Book it. He's still like, <laughs> I think he's like second or third in passing. I think he's like second or third in passing still. Yeah. Let me see. Where's his uh where's where's his passing numbers? Oh oh yeah, the attempts are absolutely crazy. But let's see. Sam Howell is actually first in attempts in the yep. in the in the NFL, and he is fifth in passing yards. Which doesn't even make any sense because Robinson's actually good as a running back, but they just don't give him the damn ball. They really just want Howell to get all his passing yards. So mm-hmm. I like the Howell passing yards in this game. Ooh, you, you have the number on that Howell prop. Let me see. We got. You might go for 300 in this game. So I'm going to the very conveniently placed search bar to just type in his name rather than scrolling all these players. And Sam Howell's at 269 and a half. Yeah, we'll go higher on that. Yep. All right. There you go. Sam Howell passing more. We have Debo Samuel receiving more. We have Lamar Jackson passing more. Five to one. Great payout. Make sure you tap in. Other than that, Scott, anything else for people before we get about here? No, not really. Looking forward to the games on uh, the late window for Sunday and for Sunday night. Besides that, of course, we have the NBA show tomorrow morning. So check in with us there. All right. And for the one person watching the stream, make sure you like the video on the way out. And for everybody that's listening, after the fact, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star rating or review. Other than that, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of any podcast just ended like this. We are out of here.